0: Hello everyone, uh, all YouTube and podcast listeners. We are back with Adox, I don't know how you want to say it because some people get mad no matter which way I say it, Um, episode nine with um, Alex vs. Coding or just Alex. Um, It's Alex versus Coding, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you are a games developer, I guess mainly mobile, right?
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, so previously uh, I used to do a lot of flash and browser-based stuff. Um, and have very slowly moseyed into doing mobile, but I also do installations and building weird controllers and things like that.
0: So, what do you do for a living uh, as a day job?
1: So, uh, I am currently a games developer. So, I do app development, and um, yeah, just I'm currently taking a lot of Flash games that I made previously and building building them in a mobile format. Um, I also have been dabbling in custom controller installations, so, um, making, uh, various things with, um, Katie Marshall, who's my partner. Um, we also make really cool stuff together under the brand installation required. Um, yeah. And from, from time to time I, I do, uh, contracts and freelance work, um, with app development, but also educational stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Neat. And by like controller installations, uh, what does that involve?
1: Uh, so it's uh, if you go to a, an expo or any kind of event it, it, you know, for uh, games, uh, a lot of setups will just be a keyboard and mouse. Uh, what we do is build kind of big peripherals. So you're talking um, giant cardboard controllers. Um, the last one that we showed at a previous event was called Vaccination, which was um, kind of like a giant operation board with wow. um, an actual injector that you physically injected into a body on the table. Um, huh. a bit like, keep talking and no one explodes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, that's neat, especially if, um, you know, virtual reality is becoming a bigger thing. I think people are kind of re-examining um, how we input stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. There's a ton of crossover between, like, physical peripherals uh, and VR-based stuff. Um yeah, I would love at some point if I if I could afford the actual kits. Um to and and you know, was was fussed about doing it, um actually building like physical installations. Um but I've seen at other events. Um I think there's, there's a game uh, there's a game called um I'll probably ruin the pronunciation, but it's called the Great Gottlieb. for that. Uh and that is literally just a chair on a pile of other chairs. Um that you put a headset on on the top of, and you're kind of looking around. And whilst that doesn't seem particularly exciting, um, you also put a desk fan in front of you, which blows in your face. <laughs> uh, and then what you're seeing in the game is you're on a tower of chairs going into orbit, like looking over the world with all these like bits of the the stack of these chairs tumbling off. Um, wow! So you get the the sensation that you're Almost in orbit. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. Um, yeah, so so that's that's a, a really nice example of, of twinning um, physical peripherals and VR. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, it definitely an interesting space. Um, so, when did you start making flash games like stuff on HEO?
1: Um, so we're, we're talking something like five or six years ago, um, uh, and it kind of spawned uh, me from interest in games development way beyond that but um, I'm not from a programming background so uh, I, I for something like five or six years I uh, just drew stuff in my notebook and came up with ideas um, and then when I got to university uh, found that I, despite uh, people being enthused about working together um, we never seemed to get collaborative projects to work um, in terms of programmers would be learning at the same pace that we were. So we couldn't actually get anything made. Um, and after the, something like the second collaborative project that failed, uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to learn to code and, and figure this stuff out for myself. Um, and yeah, from, from that, I tried a bunch of different softwares. Um, the, the Alex versus coding thing is actually going like way, way back, which was essentially like a, a pledge to myself to learn. To, to program, uh, you know, no matter what tool it required or how, how I could do it. Um, and eventually I settled on the tool uh, Stencilworks, which is like a click and drag based tool, um, which was a nice starting point, but also served me quite well when I got more involved with the, the educational side of things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think web development, like web games, were such an important and really cool area of innovation. like. 10 years ago before mobile because that's where you saw uh, people experimenting and that's where you saw a lot of people just playing casual games.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I I can't remember what his name is, um, but the the chap who um, is is one of the founders of of Congregate has literally, in the last week or so, had his GDC talk put up online of the uh, the history of, like a post-mortem of of Flash games over the last, you know, what... Like 20 years almost,
0: right? Because, um, yeah, Flash um is kind of right. dead now.
1: Yeah it's it's, yeah, it's 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 well, I mean, one of the things that they're discussing in the, in the talk is that the Flash is dead has been kind of a running joke almost. That for those 20 years, there's been the discussion of Flash being dead. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's got its uh, what's it called? It's its date of death indicated in you know 2020, I think it was. Um, but I think I probably will continue to keep releasing flash games, regardless, um, just because it's such a, a quick method of, of putting stuff online. Um, and yeah, just if, if you can, you know, for, for example, for things like game jams, if I want to, um, if, I want to uh, if, I'm, if I'm if I'm if I'm looking through examples of games for it for it. Um, I usually just stick to browser-based games, just because it takes so long to download something, check it for you know malware or anything like that, install mm-hmm. it. You know if you've got the wrong operating system, you're stuffed. Um, yeah, and by the time that you've opened it, it turns out to be rubbish. So you you've wasted all that time compared to just popping open a browser window and it it working fine.
0: Yeah, I think Flash has kind of had its um, expiration dates and steve jobs made that man yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Well, he's, he's he's put down his mark for a while um yeah it's, it's only been since he's they've actually uh started losing support on on different browsers that it's really started to hit home um there was actually an article i wrote i think it was probably two years ago or something like that which coincidentally uh, coincidentally was a Flash is, is, you know, an ode to Flash. Flash is now dead, but still, like, two years on, it's still going. But um, one of the things that I pointed out as part of that is, um, you know, whilst some developers are gleeful or, you know, um, you know whatever your stance is on uh, Flash in terms of a platform, um, one of the things I think is probably the most important is documenting those games because if um, all the browsers stop supporting it you're going to lose 20 years of games history that mm-hmm. is going to be hard for people to access and yeah it, it, it was a, a hugely formative time for like tons of developers right. I mean, even now uh, if you put up a flash game online um, you can still get Thousands and thousands of views.
0: I kind of grew up into like you know two thousands. So Flash, that's kind of what I could play because I didn't really you know have a laptop capable of playing Steam games or anything. Yeah. So that was kind of I think one like that that generation's version of other people's you know Nintendo or whatever.
1: Oh totally. I yeah. Mean, when I was at high school, we we would um, have Flash sticks that we would trade with one another. Uh, with all these flash games on, because all the mm-hmm. computers were locked down with uh, anti anti um, like loads of browser regulation or whatever. The blocks, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So people would people would just run around with flash flash drives and install it in all the machines for I don't know suites or whatever. <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely. So um, your first like uh, I guess released iOS game um, that was released to a large audience was uh, Narcissus, right? Yep and that uh, is an interesting kind of mobile runner that can be played cooperatively. For those who don't know what it is, how would you explain it like in a nutshell?
1: Uh, so, Narcissus is a, is a platformer that uh, you can complete on your own, uh, but if you work together with someone else, it becomes an easier game. So it's essentially two for the price of one, it's, it's free anyway, um, but you essentially control two characters that, that run along the level. Um, independently to one another. And if one dies, you go back to the start. Simple as that.
0: Mm -hmm. And the name, uh, you know, it stems from mythology. Was that the inspiration for it?
1: Yeah, I mean, the the original inspiration was from uh, near where I live. There's like a river that runs past the house. Uh, And um, yeah, just going, going down there one day and watching my brother jumping across stepping stones. And it was like a really, really still river but with a clear sky and yeah you you could see the reflection doing the same thing and i was like that'd be a really neat mechanic for a game Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i think it's um mobile provides a really good opportunity for people doing innovations on a certain space because you couldn't really do a game like Narcissus um on ps4 or pc or, or xbox or whatever because I think I mean it's multi-touch really. That kind of feeling of directly interacting with two different characters on the same screen. I don't know how you would do that on another platform.
1: So um I mean throughout the time that I've been developing it, which has been absolutely I mean, you know, aeons. I mean we're talking on and off for like five years or something like that. Um but yeah, as, as part of, of developing it, I've had kind of various peripheral setups and various setups for events. Um, so I've had things like dance mats for controlling it. Uh, um, you know, I've had had the kind of controller setup, I've had the keyboard setup. Right. Um, and yeah, pe- people kind of tend to find a way to make it work. Um, but it, it, it does feel, what with the actual setup I had was to kind of try and emulate the, um, you know, the kind of copy, a cocktail cabinet setups that you have uh, in arcades right. you know where you've got the top down view where you're looking across at the other person mm-hmm. um, I really like the idea of having rather than looking at a screen you're kind of in in direct view of one another and able to see each other's emotions and right. you know, reactions and stuff like that it's, it's quite a nice um, environment to play the mm-hmm. game in um,
0: kind of like 1-2 switch um, the Nintendo thing yeah yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely Um so, yeah, trying to create an experience which, which tried to bring people together rather than, like, each having their own separate device was kind of the, the thing I was going for um, in the original project. And, um, yeah, like, I, I feel like I, I, from, from all the events I took it to, it, it seemed to do the trick. I think one of my favorite memories is, is in terms of, like, watching parents seeing their kids play. Um, seeing them struggle and then kind of joining them to help them out and then realizing that they're having a load of fun. Uh, just because when you see yeah. someone struggling or, you know, it's much easier to ask for, for help, uh, mm-hmm. which encourages social interaction.
0: So, yeah, de- definitely. And I think that's a underrated aspect of many you know, co-op games. Uh, we're kind of seeing a rebirth of that now. Uh, but especially on a platform, you know, like mobile, do you think that's what attracts you to it? The kind of nature of, especially with, you know, like an iPad, you just have this giant screen that's perfect for two people kind of playing the same game on it.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, I kind of wish that there was more, um, that there was there's more advantage taken of the multi-use devices rather than just a, a single single user for for a for a phone for example or or an ipad um I you kind of wish that there was more games that catered for people playing games together mm-hmm. um, i mean back when I came up with the idea it was you know there wasn't much on the market in terms of of this, but you've got things like uh, i think it's fingal now which is the is the the finger dancing one um some others. Like, there's definitely more on on the platform now, but it's still i would say an underserved market mhm
0: right yeah and i think that's why narcissus kind of uh found a nice like niche audience uh but and that, how did you um like react to the reception of it you know once you actually released it
1: <laughs> well uh, the the funny thing with uh, was with narcissus was um because it took so long to finish like the, <laughs> there was like definitely a, a mixed uh bag of emotions because it uh when I started programming like five or six years ago, or whatever, um, Narcissus was the first project that I picked up. Uh, so on and off for like five years, I'd been working through the project. Um, so (laughs) by the time that actually released it, I was more than anything, I was just happy to have the project out there. Um, but the fact that it got featured was uh, a nice, a nice bonus. Mm -hmm. Uh, um,
0: right yeah. and that's yeah. huge for those who don't know on the app store getting featured is basically like um it's kind of like winning the lottery because it's really important if you're launching a new game because just like steam there's tons of new games every day and you have to stand out
1: absolutely i mean uh the, the nice thing is as well that um one thing that a lot of people miss on the app store i mean there's obviously specific markets that it's important to to hit like if you get the us or china um but a lot of people seem to think that it's all or nothing on the app store. But you've obviously got the app store broken up into, let's say, well, however many countries there are in terms of of app store content. So you've got, if you look at your list of features, you've got uh, the game featured in Japan, uh, in the US, the UK. Um, so even if you don't necessarily get a feature on, you know let's say the u s you can still make it up upon other platforms so on a, on other storefronts
0: right, yeah, and that's that that is true and I don't think some some people think about because it, it is a global market, and there are those kind of different storefronts that you have a chances at. Um, what do you think of the changes they're making? I think iOS eleven has a pretty new app store editorial feature where there's gonna be a big change to the way games are displayed and featured. Uh, how do you think that's going to impact <laughs> games?
1: Um, there's there's been a lot of discussion at the moment about this. Uh, it's, it's obviously it's not entirely clear how, how this is going to uh, affect the app app store front page. But obviously you're going from having let's say uh, ten or twelve apps immediately visible when you you open your your phone on the app store to um, from what I remember seeing it's basically just one one panel for you know the the app of the day mm-hmm. or whatever well i think it's um, like
0: six it like rotates through them i think
1: yeah oh uh, so isn't it that you, you swipe through it, um, yeah right? it's
0: like a carousel yeah
1: yeah so obviously it's kind of the rules of the internet that play into that which is with every click that you have to do to get to the next panel or ne- next page you lose like a, a chunk of your audience right um Cause you know, inevitably, are you really going to dig that deeply to, to, to find like it's, it's a matter of convenience. Um, so yeah, it is, it is definitely somewhat worrying in, in terms of, uh, what, you know, what the effects going to be. Uh, I think at the moment there's definitely, uh, a rush for, for developers to, to get stuff done before. Uh, the changes come into play. Uh, I'm aiming with uh, corporate salmon to get that out. Right. Uh, preferably before that happens. Um, but at the same time, it could turn out that um, Apple's done its estimates right. Uh, and that one day of exposure on the front, of, you know, the front page of the app store is equivalent to, you know, a week, a week feature or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to judge. We'll, we'll, we'll just have to see. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully have some some faith that uh, Apple's it, Apple's making the, the the decision that makes it still feasible for smaller devs to because inevitably larger larger companies. Oh right, and, the Star Wars
0: Apple, game is going to be top billing, and yeah, yeah, because this is it, you know, and right. the
1: other one as well, which uh, is publishers. You know, it mm-hmm. could, could just be that uh, you know published games get the top slots on there, which. Um, you know, inevitably mm-hmm. they are but they are producing fantastic content, but if that then means that you know it's a walled mm-hmm. garden, um, and some people already say that it is, um, you know, it, it's it's just making it harder for smaller independent devs to to get the stuff on there.
0: hmm Yeah, hopefully indie devs, um I think the idea is if they do get featured, then the payoff will be even bigger because there's gonna be a lot more focus. There's gonna be you know a write up uh video. There's a lot of new stuff to display their game if it oh, does totally. get in that slot. So I guess it is. I mean, you know, you really have to hope you get featured.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and one of the other things as well, uh, super quick, is that you've, you've inevitably got um, a smaller window for error. So if you are on that app of the day, for example, or apps of the day summary, um, if you've got one day to get that feature if something goes horribly wrong with your app you have a much smaller time to amend the issues um so so for example with Narcissus on the day before release I mean I caught the bug before it went out um but there was a bug which if you bought the game it still continued to load ads into the game and uh, would eventually crash the game oh, if you paid for it that's not good. So so yeah, like if if I'd released that in that state, uh, and that had been my my one day on the front page, mm-hmm. uh, and I had not realised until you know a couple of days after that I could have lost a huge amount of of revenue. Oh yeah. Um, the, the the funny thing was with uh, the release for Narcissus was uh, I chose to release on the day that I went to a festival in in Antwerp called Screen Shake. So, at the time that it was going onto the front page, I was under under the channel, so travelling on a train under under uh under the sea so that was fun oh well <laughs> so, that's yeah. kind of
0: scary. your game's yeah. just out there, and you can't do anything
1: this was it yeah. So like if if anything had gone wrong i mean it was it was a blessing in a way that uh I was distracted and I had no signal and mm-hmm. I was prioritized navigating to 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 belgium right but that's going to be
0: nerve-wracking
1: oh yeah i mean thankfully everything worked out but if that was your one day of a feature and then you realized that something was completely broken then yeah you you you, you're stuffed
0: yeah launch day is huge and now it's going to be even bigger um yeah so your next project is corporate salmon uh which is this pretty wacky game um coming also to the app store How long have you been working on that?
1: Um, So I have a habit with projects of kind of picking up things and dabbling with them for a while and then just putting them to the side for a couple of years. Um, So I originally worked on corporate salmon, I think in something like 2014, um, built a rough prototype for it, um, built a physical floppy controller for it, um, then did a, a revamp in 2015. And then left it for two years um, and now I've, I've picked it back up and have been working on it for three months.
0: So what made you come back to the project?
1: Um, so essentially after releasing Narcissus uh, I was in a situation where I was kind of like, what do I work on next? And I've got this catalog of about 50 games that I can kind of pick and choose from um, in terms of, yeah, in terms of content to, to build. Um, and yeah, it, it just happened to be the one that was feasible enough to c- complete in the, in the time that I'd set myself, which was like four, four months to get the next, pro- next project out. Um, and yeah, just kind of nice simple controls and uh, not crazy amount of content to produce. Um, there was another game which I'll probably be releasing after Corporate Salmon called uh, uh, Break and Take, which is uh, a breakout meets uh, Space Invaders. Ew. Style, uh, um, it, it, yeah, it's basically you. you if you imagine uh, breakout, flip it upside down uh, with spaceship at the top, and then you're blowing apart cities and then abducting people. Um,
0: <laughs> That's great, yeah.
1: So, so that that game is is a neat little mechanic, but the content required to build that is is vast, mm-hmm. uh, and essentially. What I wanted to do for the next project after Narcissus was just kind of see, like, keep it to something nice and small in scope because, like, Narcissus had like fifty levels and was just like ridiculously huge in content. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that was that was kind of the the reason for it was just bringing the scope down this thing smaller that I can kind of turn around faster.
0: Right. And um, we, corporate salmon is um, a s- pretty simple game, but, you know, you're, like, jumping as the salmon in a business suit, uh, trying to be promoted, right?
1: Yep. So so you're just kind of you're working your way up the – it's obviously based on the, the salmon run, which is the, you know, when salmon jump up waterfalls and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, you, in, instead of that, you've got an escalator that's kind of hurtling in the opposite direction and yeah. you are kind of leap to the top. So you've got some certain amount of nuance in the, in the controls of, of how, how you, you kind of control the character. Uh, try to build it so it's not super specific that it doesn't alienate the audience but um yeah it's at a point now where i'm i'm, I'm quite happy with how it how it feels to control
0: mm-hmm. and where did you get like where were you inspired uh in terms of the theme of it
1: so it was i, I can't remember what the specific reason was um because i was in i was in new york at the time uh i visited a place called baby castles which is like this like developer hub um and they were running a workshop at the time and i this had like two hours free um and yeah I, I just wanted to build a cool controller and yeah just decided to build like a floppy fish controller and i was like hey this should this be really fun with like building an escalator for this fish I could, yeah yeah <laughs> and then after like two hours i had like a rough prototype um yeah it was, it was, it was proper big on 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 building custom controllers at that point uh, i've gone a little quiet at the moment with with getting corporate salmon done
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, I can imagine that's the priority. Um and Corporate Salmon is um going to be just like Narcissus free to play, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. So um it'll be just free with ads and then once again you can you can pay to remove the ads if you really want. Mm-hmm.
0: And do you think that's like the most probably successful most likely to be successful model right now?
1: I mean, it's the the difficult situation is it's, it's all that I've done so far, but I've there's a group of of developers that I uh, just kind of chat with on a daily basis who use the same tool as me, and um, from their experiences of of using it, they've uh, had the most success. I mean, um, I remember from y- your previous conversation, um, I just really remember his name. <laughs> uh, let me quickly check. Uh, what, what was the the, the guy from? Um, from like which, J- uh, J- Jason, was it? Or, uh, which game? Uh, Space Plan.
0: Oh, yeah, I think that was... Uh, Crap. <laughs> uh, John <laughs> Hollands? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think. Was I mean,
0: it something Hollands? Jake, Jake Hollands. It was Jake, yeah. Jake, there
1: yeah. we go. Yeah, sorry, Jake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry
1: for listening to this. Uh, yeah, but in, in the conversation with, with Jake, um, obviously one of the things that was discussed was with a, a feature. Um you get the massive spike at the stegosaurus effect where you get the massive spike at the top and then it kind of tails off from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that reduces the the tail off is that with ads, you, you get that massive spike of, of downloads at the beginning, but then your users are still generating revenue for you when the apps moved off of the front page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you, you, so even if... You, even if no one's seeing it anymore people are still playing it for like a period of time um and yeah it's for me it's it's worked out quite nicely you know it's been like a a nice kind of trickle of income um you know to even like the the six month mark now since i've released it that it's it's still bringing in like a nice stream of revenue but um yeah from, from you know i am hoping to kind of get it on uh steam like it's been greenlit for something like two years now (laughs) (laughs) well i
0: I think that program's done now
1: yeah yeah so i i I don't know like what the situation is with that Whether because i've gone through that process whether i I get the the pass through or whatever from what i understand Um, i
0: think their new system is basically even more lenient it's kind of just an automated check essentially yeah yeah
1: um So hopefully I don't have to pay the ninety pounds because I've obviously gone through the process, but just not been not not got to the um, actual distribution bit. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, at the time it it, it looked awful, so I'm glad that I didn't put it out. Like the project's just been like a Mm -hmm. it's been a great learning experience. But my god, like it took me so long to like actually actually get it to release yeah i was
0: looking at the videos from yeah twenty four twenty fifteen. 2015 uh when one of the initial mock-ups and it yeah the art style i think has evolved a lot
1: oh yeah well to be to be fair i mean if you go back even further it's um i think it goes back to something like 2011 or something like that and originally i had these like beautiful hand-painted like let me say hand-painted Vertcom, it was it was paint digitally painted uh right. uh blocks but they were like awful for iterating with, so I burnt all of that. Um, but some of the color palettes that I used um, for the original game, like the Flash game, still has the original palette, and it's just like like acid, like on the eyes. It's, it's <laughs> so horrible. Yeah. It's like Bright, bright purple with grey. Uh, uh, Which is just yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's <laughs> not pleasant. It, yeah, I think it looks nice now. I mean, it stands out.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, with, with in terms of of, of ads, like. Um, I would like to try a premium project at some point, but it's one of those situations that if you sink like three or four months into a project and then you put it on the wrong monetization model, uh, and then, you know, once again, if if the window of time that you featured for is even shorter now, you don't want to be risking blowing a bunch of money. Um, but yeah, for, for, for me, like I can't, there's, Obviously, as a developer, I'm much more obliged to to, to download apps that are, that are paid because mm-hmm. I can appreciate content. Things like um, like Space Plan. like I paid, I paid for. Like it, it was, it was a, a neat little game, um, or the Banasaga Saga, or things like that. But your average consumer is probably less obliged to to put money down. Um, mm-hmm. Just as much as a Steam user is is less obliged to pay for a, a game that isn't on sale, right. It yeah, just, because they're,
0: they've they've been conditioned into expecting, you know, uh, in the case of iOS uh, free games or in Steam, you know, super cheap ones.
1: Yeah, so it's it, like whilst I, I can appreciate like pushing against the the, the trends it is it is kind of like especially when you're competing for such a narrow amount of feature space, it's and with such a high risk if you if you make a miscalculation, I, I can kind of understand why. You know, for, for me originally I was like it's It's going out premium this game like completely, but um yeah, just just from sitting down and talking with a bunch of mobile devs, they just kind of laid out a bunch of case studies of just projects done previously, and they'd all been mm-hmm. so there'd been some that had been premium and then some that had been free with ads, and mm-hmm. that that model worked for them, so
0: and I think well, ads I think. are probably easier than having to make a you know freemium economy in your game.
1: Totally, um, and I mean, there's um, uh, one of the, the, the folks I was talking with, guy called Brad, who um, makes some really awesome games. But he, he kind of laid out like a really funny analogy, which was that you know you, you're like, oh god, this this game has ads in. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch TV instead. It's like, oh, this, this television has <laughs> got ads in. Oh, I'm just gonna read this magazine. Ah, oh, it's got <laughs> ads in. It's what you know. Um, let's go to the cinema and watch a film. Oh, there's this ads bef-. like there's so many platforms that have ads as their as their base for revenue so, yeah I mean I mean flash games is an example it is you know it's a big one
0: the um, web has ads yeah yeah
1: so it's it, I think it's something that I'm a lot more receptive to than I was originally I used to be like games should be bought and that's the way it should be but mm-hmm. um, and in, in my in the comments for narcissist there's a lot of um <laughs> a lot of people who are like oh, I, I would have given you like you know and it's like two of my my hard end pounds or whatever um and it's like you, you still can just, just just pay to remove your yeah i don't understand it. Kind of... i mean it's the same end result <laughs> you so can so I, I, I don't know it's 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 confusing yeah <laughs>
0: i think it's yeah it's i mean it's nice to be ideological, but at the same time sometimes you got to be practical too um uh, yeah. the reality of things um yeah so when can people look forward to playing corporate salmon
1: uh, so at the moment, uh, I was aiming for a, an end of August release, but uh, I think it's probably going to be early September, just because uh, it's, it's been somewhat of a crazy start to the month. And yeah, it's it's definitely getting there, but it's, um, yeah, there's still still quite a bit of work to do in, in terms of testing. Um, I am looking at releasing a browser version before the, the mobile version comes out. Uh, Mm -hmm. so you should expect that soon um one thing that was quite nice with narcissus was i I timed the release with valentine's day so it gave me like a set deadline um the salmon run begins in september oh so that seems like a nice (laughs) yeah uh, starting point
0: that'd be nice yeah um well i wish you the best of luck with that uh and hopefully get featured and thank you for coming on uh, where can people find out about more of your stuff and what you're doing?
1: Um, so on Twitter, uh, my uh, handle is AlexVSCoding. Um, that's usually the kind of stomping grounds of, of like where I post stuff. Um, for corporate salmon, uh, I've got three or four kind of setups, forum posts on Touch Arcade, uh, TIG Source, and and stencil stencil forums. If you want to do it on there, um, yeah, so. I, Best bet's Twitter. Um, That's where I usually post most of my stuff.
0: Yeah, so um, everyone listening and watching, feel free to go there. Those will be linked. Uh, And thank you again for coming on. Thanks, everyone, for listening or watching to us. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, all that great stuff. Um, So, yeah, uh, if you wanted to click that subscribe button, any one of those places, that's great, too. So once more, thanks for listening, and see you in the next one. Goodbye.